This is Tyler O'Neill, and this is the Daily Signal interview podcast for Wednesday, June 28th. I sat down and spoke with Jim Caviezel and Tim Ballard. Uh, Jim Caviezel is the actor best known for playing uh, Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. Also, uh, he played Edmund Dantes in The Count of Monte Cristo, and he recently has played Tim Ballard in The Sound of Freedom, a film upcoming, releasing on July 4th. Uh, Tim Ballard is a former Department of Homeland Security agent who rescued children from sex slavery. And we sat down, I spoke with him and with Jim Caviezel about playing him, and Tim Ballard spoke to me about how the transgender movement and Biden's border policy aid and abet the evil that Tim Ballard has fought to prevent. Jim Caviezel spoke very movingly about how difficult it is to play someone who was engaged in fighting this, this heinous evil. So uh, listen to our interview right after this. Feeling overwhelmed by the crisis at our southern border? Then get up to speed with a new season of Heritage Explains. Our first episode with Heritage Border expert Laura Rees is available now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Tyler O'Neill, managing editor at The Daily Signal, and I'm honored to be joined by a bona fide hero in Tim Ballard and uh, the guy who got to play him uh, in the upcoming film, The Sound of Freedom. It is a masterpiece. You did an amazing job just as you did in Passion of the Christ. You saw the yeah, I saw it last night. So it was was very moving. I gotta say, I'm honored to have both of you here with me today. Thank you very much. So I wanna get right into it. Uh, Tim, you know, the story is fantastic, surprising. You were telling me they even didn't want to include some of the details from the story yeah. because people wouldn't believe that it's true. Yeah. But it is a true story. And would you just briefly introduce it and how you got involved in this important work? Well, I, I had spent uh, 12 years as a special agent, undercover operator for the Department of Homeland Security, Homeland Security Investigations, working child crimes, child trafficking. And it was kind of an evolution, you know, the, the first few years, it was mostly just end user collector uh, cases of, you know, people who are possessing, distributing child exploitation material. Um, and always wondering, where are the kids? I see these videos, it breaks my heart. I got to describe them. There's a scene in the movie that breaks my heart where, you know, Jim is crying as he's having to describe these horrific sex scenes of children. And when I say children, I mean, average age seven, six, five, Okay. And um, then in 2006, the laws changed. And for the first time, U.S. agents could actually go overseas and prosecute Americans for engaging in sexual children overseas and, and prosecute them as if they had committed the crime on U.S. soil. So that opened up my, my horizons, and I started seeing, finding the kids. And that was a frustrating process, though, because the law didn't stipulate how much time I would get or how much flexibility I would have or creativity I'd have. So... I'd, give, I'd be given a week or whatever to find it. I'd always find the kids, but if I couldn't find the nexus back to the United States, come home. But I've seen kids. Yeah. I can rescue. It doesn't matter. Come home. So it all kind of came to a head for me in 2012 when I was working two different cases, actually, one in Haiti and one in Colombia, and I was told, come home on both of them. They were both major cases, a significant um, you know, hit against human traffickers would have taken place in 
And the film only focuses on on the one in Colombia. Um, and there there I am thinking, you know, they're asking me to come home once again, and I'm not going to do it. I, I'm going to stay. And, and that, that means I have to quit my job. Um, and I call my wife, hoping, hoping. She'll say, get your butt home. Are you kidding me? We got six kids to feed. You know? and, she, and I want her to say it because I was being a coward. But I knew it was the right thing, and she did it. She, 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 she didn't. She didn't read my script, and she said, "Of course you're going to stay." And I said, oh, "Are you kidding me?" And then we got, and, and she ended that argument with Mary Servino, the Academy Award, Academy Award winning actress, plays Catherine in the film opposite Jim. And in the film, you see her say to me on the phone, "You quit your job and rescue those kids." What she really said to me, because they didn't want to make me look like the coward that I was, um, because I was like, "I'm coming home. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be part of this." And she said to me very sternly, and she's usually pretty sweet, but she, she, this is righteous indignation at its finest. And, she, and this is a quote because it was that powerful and it pierced my heart when she said it. She said, quote, I will not let you jeopardize my salvation by not doing this. And, and, and it breaks my heart because not only is she losing our income, but she possibly, very good chance, maybe 50-50, She's going to lose me. She's willing to risk becoming a widow because she knew that if I quit my job and stayed, and Glenn Beck, bless his heart, raised the money for us so that we could even do the operation because I had no money to do it. In the end, it was unbelievable. We rescued um, over 120 women and children. Um, the film only gets into a piece of it. There's 54 rescued on that island, but the op was bigger than that. And then the movie didn't have something to get into it. And, and that is the basis of the film. And there's so much more, as you know, attached to that whole story. But that's the basis of the film. And, and when we did that big hit in October, on October 11th of 2014, um, it made national news in the United States. Scott Pelley reported, CBS News, and Eduardo Verastegui, the producer, saw the, the clip. He had been working on a script with Alejandro Monteverde about human trafficking that was fiction. And they, they saw this story and they said, well, maybe there's a true story here. And that, that began the process of Sound of Freedom. Mm. When, and Jim, what was it like for you, you know, seeing these scenes, I, you know, it rips your heart out. Just, yeah. they never actually show exploitation of children in the film. I demanded they didn't. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. So if you make well, one, yeah, you, you don't make you, pedophile material here. You can't, but, but you can't make that film. Right. But you had to do the incredible job of acting, you know, the part of watching this exploitation, trying to describe it, you know, typing it out. And we could see your eyes. I mean, just watching your eyes in that scene yeah. spoke. Vol what was it like to do a scene like that? Uh, I, I, I don't know how he does it. Um, it, it, it took everything I had. Um, and uh, I, I taught him my own children. Um, you know, I adopted three of my children from China, and I saw the things that I felt were nefarious, um, even with adoption and all that stuff. And uh, there are dangers within in the adoption world with, with children and globally. So that was very easy for me to transfer, like, what if this was your own kid, you know? And that, that started the conversation in my heart. And um, then I wouldn't even hesitate I wouldn't even hesitate if someone was going to hurt my family, especially my children, my wife. It would just hit. I the, there. There's some things where it's like 
I can't live without them, you know, and that's what love is. You know, and I take bullet form. So put myself in Tim's situation and then, then, you know, I had a lot of, uh, I was so grateful that he came to me and, uh, you know, I remember at one point he came down and I remember telling Tim, I think we've got lightning in a bottle. And I said that, and he said, that's good, right? Or something. And then I said, yeah, but it's going to be hard. Why? Well, because when it's this good, uh, you know, darkness gets very, very upset because it's, it's not a little light, it's a mega light. Um, and it's going to draw a lot of attention. And, but it, 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 we're in a, um, we had, we struggled making it. We struggled getting the money together. We lost our money. We lost our uh, studios that were supporting us, and yet we were just getting by a little bit at a time. We, Faith bonded us together. Eduardo, uh, once we got it done, Eduardo Verostigi had to you know, bear the burden, try to get this film and studio to studios like nobody will want it, even though they're moved, even though they get up and they... You know, you could clearly see that it had the power to change a direction. But, you know, um, the, the, we had the same issue with the Passion of the Christ. And yeah. that thing ended up becoming a juggernaut. And this one is showing, oh, people are buying tickets right now. And problem we have, problem major problem we have is that we don't have enough theaters. And so that's why we've been telling people, God, you got to get out and buy tickets like you did on The Passion because you created a way for us. So imagine if you're in a, a hydroplane speedboat and you see a wall coming. We need people to tear that thing down or we're going to go right into it. Well, when you talk about the evil here involved in human trafficking, yeah. you know, in the sex slavery of children. Yes. And it's the kind of thing that beggars the imagination. You know, you you can barely understand how people would do something like I, this. No, I understand it. I, I had to understand what they were thinking. I had to understand. I started from both ends, corruption, why power, why seduced. To people do pretty much anything for big major power at the at one end, whether it be honey potted or what. Uh, on the other end, you got people starting with, um, um, so I worked with Tim, but Tim is very busy going on, but I had guys that, that, that helped me to understand the psychology. Are you starting older uh, with pornography and you just keep going younger and younger and younger? I said, well, why would a man be interested in right. like I mean, a unformed woman? He says, it's the innocence, it's a demonic thing that they're, or the, this innocent uh, child and uh, um, it becomes more attractive to them. Well, last night you briefly mentioned this idea of pedophile laws, I think you called them. Yes. Um, where, and, and making it easier for the trafficker and the pedophiles. How enticing. is American society doing that? What, you know, what particularly? Yeah. So last year we did a big operation. There's a four part docuseries coming out produced by Tony Robbins. Um, Mel Gibson also involved in consulting on this. He was part of the story. When when Ukraine uh, was attacked, Mel Gibson called me within hours. Okay, and and I know Mel through through Jim. And he said, "Hey, I got all these Ukrainian orphans that I help that I support, and I'm worried about them. Can you go? F what a crazy ask! Can you go into Ukraine while bombs are dropping and and go find these kids? 
And he didn't know that a few hours earlier, my wife came to me in tears and said the same thing. We were working on adopting about seven children out of Ukraine at the time, not not for uh, through our foundation, children and families. And so she says the same thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mel Gibson and my wife are both telling me to go to Ukraine while bombs are dropping, right? And I, you know, I, I always was raised with the idea. I could just see him. He was in Budapest filming, and you know, I thought to myself, you know, I always, I, I was raised with the, with the thought that if Mel Gibson and your wife ever tell you to do something. <laughs> yes, and within hours of each other, you should probably do it, right? Who wouldn't? So I had to go to Ukraine. And I, I partnered with an amazing group that I sit on the board of Aerial Recovery. And we went in and started rescuing these children. Um, 6,000 in the end. We got out of the war zone. But we were looking... 6,000. Yeah. We were looking for human traffickers because we know that they prey upon vulnerability, wars, hurricanes, whatever it is. And sure enough, we catch... We, we, we lock into this, this pedophile ring. Now it says it's a frightening ring because it's a it's it's a, a political party um, that was out of Holland called the PNVD. Lots of media on them. They were trying to legalize sex with children. They thought a three year old could consent to sex. Well, even in the Dutch arrested them in 2020, which is is very hard to get arrested in Holland. I don't. You got to be really red bad. light district. You got to be really yeah. bad, <laughs> okay, to get arrested in Holland. They were arrested in 2020. Fugitives. They ran. And they were hiding. No one knew who they were. Well, this, this, they rear their ugly heads. Um, this, the leader, this guy named Nielsen Matlin, he raises. I'm in. I'm literally in Poland at the time, at, at our at our staging operation for Ukraine. And I get this information that this guy in Mexico is trying to traffic kids out of Ukraine. Yeah. And and so I I go undercover. Our, the Dutch asset who gave me that information infiltrated me, and I'm undercover talking to this guy. Well, in, in the end, we ended up, in fact, just yesterday, two of the guys were convicted in Ecuador because it led us to Ecuador, a child sex hotel, this pedoph- these pedophiles from Holland and yeah. set up. But I, that's a two, we'll get into that another time, okay? But the point I'm making is I had to study their literature. This was a, this was a political platform. This was a political party. And what I started recognizing is I, I, I named them the, I don't know, the, I, call, I call it the pedophile network doctrines, okay? Yeah. It's what, like they include things like, Separate children from parents because parents are a bad influence. The state knows best. Sexualize kids. Let them see pornography, too. Karl Marx. Three, take God out of education because that just gets in the way. And kids, consent, consent, consent. Children can consent to anything. At 12 years old, they should be able to vote. They should be able to do anything. Now, what am I saying here? I'm, I'm, my stomach is getting sick as I'm reading this. I read this every day. It's the woke left agenda. I'm not saying that they're colluding or talking. It doesn't matter. It's the same dark source. But they are ped- pedophiles are sitting back right now going, we've been pushing this agenda for decades. And now we don't have to push anymore because the left is taking care of for us in America. In America. And, and, and this whole trans voice on children. You know, again, I'm libertarian. Adults, do what you want. I'll fight for your right to do whatever you want. Okay? In terms of adult, I'm talking about children. Yeah. And, and what they're saying is children can consent to having their bodies filled with a chemical that will destroy the reproductive system. Yeah. They can consent to ripping apart their genitalia. Like, this is insanity. Why? Not? In and of itself, it's horrible. But what it's going to lead to is what the pedophiles have been asking for. If you can consent to that, guess what? What's more fluid than gender? Age. I adopted two children in Haiti that we rescued back in 2014. Well, really quick, we don't have much time. Okay. Uh, I want to talk, I want to hear you talk a little bit about the border because you spent okay. a decade down there. I can't believe you stopped me right there, man. We're just, we, you got to have it back. I, I got is, to. This is too important. But but yeah, I want, I wanted, 
just briefly, okay, how is the Biden administration enabling this? Well, look, the economy of pedophilia. Right? The United States is the number one consumer of child exploitation material. We are the demand. So that means that traffickers want to get children into that dark market. There's a lot of money to be made here. Um, the United States, also according to State Department, is in the top three countries for destination countries for human trafficking. So there's every incentive to get children into America, into the black markets here of pedophilia. And so when, when I find out that in the last couple of years, at least 85,000, I think it's much higher than that, but at least 85,000 unaccompanied minors, thousands of them, I've seen the CBP reports, are under five years old. Why is a three-year-old showing up at the border? Well, I can tell you why, because they show up with a, little, uh, with a name. The name is the sponsor that they're given by the trafficker. HHS gets the kids, and they, by law, have to call the number. Hi, we have Jose Gonzalez, Mr. George Smith. Yeah, yeah, that's my kid, whatever. Okay, they used to actually fly down and have to pick the kid up. Not anymore. Our taxpayer dollars will then send the kid by plane or bus to the, this George, the sponsor. No background check, no DNA, nothing. And they deliver the kids. Our taxpayer dollars are literally, for the first time in American history, our taxpayer dollars are going to facilitate the last leg of a child trafficking uh, event. And the border is open. The border is wide open. It's $14 million a day are landing in the pocket of smugglers and traffickers thanks to the Biden-Harris border policy. The only compassionate policy is border enforcement, barriers, walls. Why? Because and, and the Center of Freedom talks about this. Because the walls and the, and the barriers lead the children who are being hurt into that funnel of rescue. Trained women and men in uniform are there. Those kids want to go through the port of entry. Those kids pray for a wall. The wall will save their lives. And But let's take it all down. Let's open it all up. Kids are being abused by the thousands. And our taxpayer dollars are going for it, are, are actually funding it. Do you have anything to say briefly on these? <laughs> I just turned to... I'm, I, I'm asking people, you know, you have soldiers that fight for you and you say oh, we love you thank you for doing that um but we all have to be soldiers in this fight and when you say well it's really too hard i said look a parent has has to have strength and fortitude to defend their own children my god and this film is something where when you watch it you you learn how routinely it occurs you also learn the warning signs that's good for the public, it weaponizes that individual, the parent or whoever that watches this film. But when, you know, the chips are down, when God asks you, in this film you see it, when can we love our children more than we fear evil? When God tells you to do something, you don't hesitate. God's children are no longer for sale. Amen. Well, thank you both so much for joining me and sharing this important work. And I'd encourage, you know, you would encourage people to uh, contact their theaters, get get seats available. And where should they go? Angel.com slash SOF. We're, we're, we're selling. Angel.com forward slash Jim as well. I don't know what that gets you. Maybe a special something. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but buy tickets. We want 2 million people in theaters week of July 4th, representing the 2 million children currently forced into commercial sex. Wow. You know, I think it's Sound of Freedom forward slash Jim. Whatever it is, go to angel.com. It's all over the place. Buy tickets, guys. 
be there, support us so we can rescue more kids. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. That was Tim Ballard, a former DHS agent who rescued children from sex slavery and Jim Caviezel. If you liked what you heard here or what you hear on any of the Daily Signals podcasts, uh, feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. And be sure to come back here later today at 5 p.m. for our top news edition where we go through the latest news of the day for your commute heading home. And this has been Tyler O'Neill and the Daily Signal Podcast. Have a great day. The Daily Signal Podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.